Hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime, and you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. Today, we hear from our pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to his word proclaimed. Christ is risen. Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Christ is risen indeed. Alleluia. Would you please pray with me? O holy and gracious God, we thank you for the gift of resurrection. A gift to let us know that life is different now because Christ lives. So God, as we spend this time together, we ask that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. I love Easter. I love the opportunity to to celebrate new life, to celebrate resurrection, to know that because Christ lives, our lives are different. It's not just a, a fairy tale. It's not just a story that we like to repeat over and over again. It is a reality that changes things. We started the service out by retelling one of the accounts of his resurrection. Because it's always good. It's always good to to retell the story, to help remind us of the events that happened. About how women came to the tomb. And they saw that the tomb was empty. They were scared, and they, they ran to tell others about it. But see, there, there's one thing about sharing resurrection, or sharing the resurrection story, but, but making that story become a part of your life. That's one of the things that Paul tried to do. Paul, when he wrote his letters to the different churches that he helped start, those letters were to help those people who weren't there for the resurrection make that story become a part of their story. So my hope and prayer as as your pastor is that as we retell the story of Easter, that that story becomes your story. And the story of what Christ has done, how he is risen from the dead, that that becomes a part of who you are so that you can share that light and life with others. So our scripture for this morning is from the book of Colossians, or Paul's letters to the Colossians, the third chapter, verses 1 through 4. Hear the word of the Lord. Therefore, if you were raised with Christ... Look for things that are above where Christ is sitting at God's right side. Think about the things above and not things on earth. 
you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Our scripture this morning gives us three promises. The very first promise that our scripture gives us is that we are raised with Christ. We are raised with Christ. In May of 2010, I had the opportunity to take my very first trip, so far my only trip, but my very first trip to the Holy Land. And it was such an eye-opening experience for someone who was in the middle of the ordination process and get to, to be at the place or the places where Jesus once walked. I remember being around the Sea of Galilee and, and, and sharing in stories of where Christ told the Sermon on the Mount. And then going to the place where Christ broke the bread and broke the the fish to feed 5,000. I remember going on a boat and being on the Sea of Galilee, retelling the stories of disciples who were afraid because a storm has come in. Luckily, there wasn't a storm that day we were out there. But one of the things that I hold this deep into my heart was our trip to Jerusalem, where we got to visit the traditional sites of Christ's crucifixion and death and burial and resurrection. See, if you're familiar with Jerusalem, there are two common sites that people argue about which one is the correct place. The first one is called the the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. And it is just right outside of the, the city gates, I believe, south of town. I may be wrong on that, but I'll just say that anyway. But just part just right outside of the city gates. And this is a place where Constantine's mother looked and decided that this was the place where the crucifixion took place and where Christ was buried and, and rose again. The, the two sites are very close together. And if you look at a picture of the tomb of the, the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, you can see two domes, one signifying where, where Calvary is or where Golgotha is and the place where Christ's tomb is. And the, the thing that I realized and recognized or felt, I should say, as I walked into the Church of the Holy Sepulchre was just how dark and dreary it was. When I walked into the church of the Holy Sepulchre, I felt death. I I felt crucifixion. I I didn't feel life there at all. Now, I'm sure the, the priests that are working at the church of the Holy Sepulchre, they would disagree with me on that, but it just felt like this was where death lived. Our last day of the tour, we got to go to the garden tomb. 
Now, the garden tomb is a very special place because a guy by the name, a general by the name of, of Gordon found this place just right outside of the Damascus Gate in Jerusalem. And he pinpointed it. this is the place because of, of traffic, but also on one of the mountains. If you looked at the mountains, you could see a skull. So this was what Gordon thought was the, the place of the skull or Golgotha. And then right next to this place was a beautiful garden, which if you remember from the Gospel of John, when Jesus sees Mary Magdalene, he sees her in a garden. And she confuses Jesus as the gardener. But as you walk through the paths, you get to the tomb, which is open. And you stand there and you marvel at this site, that this place that was meant to hold the bones of people who have passed away was open. And it signified new Life. That particular day, was, it was bright and it was sunny and the sun was beaming down and it just felt like new life. Paul kind of talks about this in another one of his letters to the Galatians. In Galatians 2.20, he writes, I have been crucified with Christ And I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in my body, I live by faith. Indeed, by the faithfulness of God's Son, who loved me and gave himself for me. When I stood there at the empty tomb, I heard those words echo in my heart, that I have been crucified with Christ, but now I live because Christ lives in me. And being there at that moment, it filled me joy because you may also understand that life is difficult. And sometimes it feels like you may be alone. But with the open tomb, with the fact that Christ has risen from the dead, we have that promise that we are never alone. That we have that joy. We have that life inside of us. And then we are able to share that life with others. The second part of this scripture talks about how we are hidden in Christ with God. That's our second promise, that we are hidden in Christ with God. And a long time ago, whenever I first read this scripture, it confused me. Because I'm sitting there thinking about if something is hidden, that means you don't want it to be seen. You want to keep it out of view of other people. Being a youth director, we, we played a whole bunch of games. And one of the, the favorite games that my youth loved to play was a game called Sardines. If you're familiar with this game, you would have one of your youth or one of the kids go and hide somewhere. 
But instead of going out and seeking and yelling when you found the person who was hiding, you did your best to hide next to them until all of the the people playing the game were all located in this particular place. Wanda and I played this with our confirmation class last week, and Wanda and I, we couldn't find our kids at all. (laughs) It reminded me of one of our kids that I had named Daniel. Daniel was a master hider, and the kids hated it whenever it was his turn to hide because it would be like 45 minutes, and we would have to call him because he did such a good job of hiding. We tend to do that in our own lives, don't we? We have a tendency to want to hide those things that, that bother us, or we hide them from others. And sometimes we try to hide those things from God as well. But see, when Paul is talking about being hidden in Christ with God, he's using this word crypto, crypto. And that word crypto means what it says it means. It means to hide, to to be secret. And he was pointing out to the Greeks how when they used the word crypto, they talked about burying the dead. And when they buried them after they died, they were hiding them. They They were putting them down to where nobody could see them. But Paul is making a different twist here. He is saying through our death, through the death of our baptism, where we are, we are laid in the water and we raised, are raised up to signify a new life. Even though we died, we are now a part of Christ. There's another word that fits among the word crypto, and it is saying that things are kept safe. So instead of saying that our lives are hidden in Christ with God, what if we were to say our lives are kept safe in Christ with God? Kind of gives a different picture there, doesn't it? That we aren't just hidden away, but that Christ wraps his arms around us and makes us safe. In sixth grade, we did this science experiment where we would make this contraption to put an egg inside of it. Maybe you did this too. And the whole goal was to drop the contraption from a really, really high place. We had a jungle gym that we climbed up and we tossed our eggs off of. You may have had a teacher or an administrator toss your egg off of a side of a building And then you would see if your contraption kept the egg safe. Most of the people, their eggs were broken and messy and and just ruined the whole contraption. But there were a few people whose eggs made it through the long drop. And as I thought about this passage of being hidden in Christ with God or being kept safe in Christ through God, I was thinking about that, about how sometimes we try to use the entrapments of the world around us to keep us safe, whether it's money or whether it's titles or, or, or jobs or, or vehicles, or you can name all of these things in the world, but 
when life gets hard, when life hurts and, and we fall like we all do, just like tossing that contraption off of the jungle gym or off the side of the building and it hits the ground, if we have those things that are just of this world, it doesn't protect us. It doesn't sustain us. But when we wrap ourselves up in the resurrection, when we wrap ourselves up in the love and grace of Jesus Christ, we continue to be whole. We continue to be able to take those bumps and bruises in our lives, knowing that Christ is there with us. It shows that Christ, as Paul says, is our life. When Christ becomes our life. True life, eternal life, life that we were designed to possess is a gift from Jesus. And it is a gift that we take hold of. We don't treat it lightly because we know that through the power of the resurrection, we are then made whole. See, Jesus came to give us life. And as he says in, in John 10, 10, I came so that they could have life indeed, so that they could have life live to the fullest. One of my friends was telling me after the second service, it's not just that life was lived to the fullest, but life continues to be lived to the fullest. See, that's the promise we have of this day. Not that we gather together on a Sunday morning and celebrate Easter, but that we let resurrection continue to live in our lives so that we can have that wholeness that Christ has promised us. So as we move forward from the empty tomb, may you live in the confidence that your life is safe and secure in Christ Jesus with God. And may you then take that security and share that love and grace with your family your friends, your coworkers, those that you just meet so that they may see the story that you're living and then they find out how they can make your story a part of their story. Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Let us pray. Oh, God, you have given us this promise of new life. You have given us this promise of resurrection. Help us to let go of those things of the earth and set our hearts and minds of those things above. Help us to, to understand that when we call on you, as our Lord and Savior, our life is now hidden. Our life is now kept safe 
in you with God. Help us to boldly proclaim that good news. Help us to find ways to be a messenger of hope to a world sometimes that has given up all hope. And we pray this in the name of the one whose resurrection we celebrate today and whose resurrection we celebrate each day after this. Jesus, our Lord. Amen.